Hey there, Pure Report listeners. Fantastic episode for you today. I've been hunting down Cody Hosterman for quite a while. He's our VMware Solutions expert. Our technical director around uh, VMware has been here at Pure four to five years. Actually, one of the first guests that I had on my editorial calendar on my list to get in here finally was able to track him down. He's always super busy traveling, uh, super busy developing things around VMware solutions for Pure and VMware. And uh, we had a fantastic, he's one of those guests where you just send him in the right direction and he takes off. So stay tuned for just terrific detail and depth around everything that we do for VMware and VMware solutions, as well as he talks about VMworld. So VMworld coming up, August 25th through 28th, and we will have a booth presence there delivering six sessions, great demos at the booth. So if you're going, come by and see us, and we will continue to talk up Accelerate, Accelerate running September 15th through the 18th in Austin, Texas, and would love to see you there as well. We're showing a lot of things at VMworld around our VMware solution stack, but also we're saving some things, and we're going to be showing those at Accelerate too. So we'd love to see you at both. And now here's Cody Hosterman on the Pure Report. Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman. It's time to bring the orange. Special guest today, Cody Hosterman, our VMware technical director. And you've been around at Pure for, geez, three or four years now. You've been, you're, you're kind of a long timer, yeah? Yeah, thanks for having me on the, the podcast, Absolutely. Rob. I, um, I've actually been at Pure now for a hair over five years. So wow. I've, uh, long time. Uh, long time. So long you've time. seen a lot of things change and yeah, evolve. No, no doubt. I mean, it's, uh, it's really been fun to watch the company grow because a lot of things are different, but then there's a lot of things that haven't changed. And I think those things that haven't changed are luckily the, the good things about the company. So it's it's been fun. Commitment to innovation, customer focus, all those things. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, the, our chief architects are all around and so they're keeping the same mind, mind like process and so forth within engineering. And I think that makes a, a big difference on the quality of our product. Were you always doing VMware specific things at, at Pure or did you start doing something else? Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I, I've been doing VMware specific things since I worked at Hollywood Video in, in college, <laughs> frankly. I, I, uh, That's a great know, college I, job I, I literally, <laughs> I, I literally went from working at the video store to working at uh, EMC at the time doing VMware stuff and there's maybe a two month gap between that. So it's been a uh, it's been what I focus on for a while now. Do we have to qualify that for our younger listeners that there were actually brick and mortar places where we used to go rent movies? Yeah, you'd go and you'd, you'd <laughs> rent a plastic thing and you had to rewind it depending on what it was. And there's a little slot outside you could return it. It was all. We very might have fun. to explain what ta- video tapes are then, too, right? I mean, the whole rewind, like what's rewinding, right? Please, uh, be kind, rewind. <laughs> be kind, indeed. rewind the stickers that you guys have. The- <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's start with your, you know, since you've been doing VMware that long, let's go back historically. You know, I used to work kind of in the, in the server. So Server space, server industry, and it was very interesting when things were kind of bare metal, and then all of a sudden this VMware came along and we're kind of like scratching our heads like, well, this is just a desktop thing. Like what, what, you know, how would this evolve into the enterprise? But it did, right, over time. But what was the initial concept behind, behind VMware from your perspective? Well, it's been it's been an interesting journey, right? I mean, um, early on when I started, a lot of the storage stuff around VMware yeah. wasn't really integration or solutions. It was like, all right, here's how you need to configure the array differently because VMware is a different beast, right? Yeah. You have you have a data store and you have however many VMs on it and all that stuff, and that means something different because traditionally we're like, oh, I'm running SQL. Here's how you set up RAID for SQL on this array, but that whole thing changed, and so. 
a lot of the focus on this, like, is how do we think about this array differently? How do we manage it differently? And arrays weren't set up well for that yeah. back then. Yeah, no, definitely not. It was, it was a bare metal world for sure. But then massive adoption kind of forced these changes, right? And you got people that started specializing in VMware where before it was just, well, I'm the DBA, I'm the storage admin, but now you had this whole other layer that came into play. Yeah, I, I think that that tipping point in many ways was the introduction of vMotion, okay. right? Because I think until then, people were like, oh, I get some of the arguments, but like, uh, it's still, I, I don't really know if that's, if that's for me. And then when they saw, wow, I can non-disruptively move a VM or an OS rather, an yeah. application yeah. from this server to this server, no matter what that application is, that's something that I can use right now. And I think that's where things started to tip. And this is where we started having VMware solutions teams. And I mean, at my previous job at EMC, we had a whole sales team that was focused on VMware. Right? Yeah. And that was started in 2008-ish. Okay, yeah. And the massive adoption really kind of created that to the point where I remember going into enterprises and going, what OS do you run? Expecting to hear like Solaris or Red Hat. And they go, <laughs> oh, we're a VMware shop, right? Yeah. Yep. Which is a super interesting change in the, in the mindset. Um, so that was 2008-ish. Then with math, massive adoption tends to come, you know, challenges. So what would you identify as perhaps the, the two or three main things that, that big VMware shops are dealing with? Back then? Back then, even now, how, as it's evolved. So I mean, it's, it's, um, <clears throat> this is actually something I talk about when I'm doing like best practice presentations and things like that around VMware, or at least I used to. There's always bottlenecks, yeah. right? There's yeah. always bottlenecks. And, and really our goal is to hopefully make that bottleneck smaller and move it somewhere else, right? Make it some other part of the stack's problem. And, and kind of initially, the bottleneck was on the VMware side, right? The size of how many, how large their data stores could be, right? How much performance they could push on it. They were using SCSI reservations to control VM power on and stuff. Didn't scale well. So the performance angle on the VM, on the array side also wasn't that big of a problem because it wasn't the first problem you hit. And then VMware introduced something called VAI, like, uh, six, seven, eight years ago, oh gosh. Um, and that opened up the scale from their sides, larger data stores, uh, more efficient locking mechanisms. And then the bottleneck just got kicked down to the array. And that's okay. where things started getting complex. How do I architect these things for scale? And people are like, well, I can do VDI now, right? I can do all these desktops, but wow, how I need to build it and architect it on the array was very complex to really make it something usable. Because VDI didn't get adopted unless it couldn't be as good as your local desktop. It had to be better. Right. And so making it that way was not super easy. And then we moved into this all flash era where the arrays could now do the performance. Right. They were simple to set up like the flash array. And so this bottleneck got once again pushed back up into VMware. Yeah. And so we kind of ran into the same problem, but a little bit different. And this is where I think this is the reason I put a lot of effort into virtual volumes, VVOLs right. in the past couple of years, because now that once again resolves that the side of that side of the fence again and pushes it back down. Yeah, to and I want to go into that in detail a little bit a little bit later. Good, but good. I think <laughs> you know, one of I guess the the thing we're getting down to is that bottleneck kind of moves around, right? And again, back in my server world, we we were accused of, you know, pushing things down to the array level or sometimes they reside in the networking kind of space. Um, but talk a little bit more about how the Flash era really ushered in the ability for enterprises to run VMware at scale. Uh, I think that was, an, I was in a meeting with Chad Kenny the other day, and he kind of brought that up as an evolutionary thing about what Pure did, was to really tackle one of the, one of the initial phases of Pure's product line coming out, was to tackle this VMware at scale problem, make it much easier to run. Yeah, and there, there, that was solved in a couple different ways. And, and um, early on at Pure, our 
bread and butter use case was things like VDI that yeah. normally was a nightmare, right, on, on storage arrays to figure out. And, and a couple, this is for a couple of reasons, right? One is just simplicity, right? Making the storage simple to set up and manage, configured, make, uh, manage and configure made it a lot easier to then manage up the stack. Right, having to, to understand how VDI works from a VMware perspective, and then also be an expert on how to configure the storage, and the fact that those two layers didn't communicate, so you didn't really know it was a problem until yeah. you tried it. <laughs> right. right, made things very difficult. And so, simplifying the storage pr provisioning and configuration layer really enabled that. And then, of course, the underlying performance density of Flash and what that offered up also made it fast, right? Yeah. Low latency. And that's what people really need in desktops. They don't necessarily need IOPS or no. throughput. No. They need fast response time. And yeah. so the, the the combination of that plus data reduction, right, dedupe compression really made it a viable use case. Because traditionally to do a successful VDI environment, there's a lot of complexity and you had to throw a lot of hardware at it, right? With something like Flash, you could throw a lot less hardware at it um, and make that really a cost-effective solution. It makes sense on VDI that response times would be the metric, right? You've got a bunch of people sitting at desktops that are waiting, right, if, if things aren't working really well for them. Yeah, and the ugly thing about VDI was that it's very bursty, right? So 8 a.m., bam, everyone's provisioning, they're logging Tons in. Tons of stuff going stuff on. on. Yeah. Eight, you know, from nine to noon, people are just, you know, some email, things like that, and what's going on. You know, at the end of the day, there's like, people are logging out, there's updates running through, there's reboots, they're, re you know, refreshing the desktops at night, a lot more traffic. That So you had to design this entire solution around the worst time of the day, and that, and then therefore you had a lot of resources that were being reserved for VDI that yeah. weren't being used most of the time. Right. This is what's flash and the flexibility of how this is, how it's managed and how like the resources can be handed out. It's your, your, your volumes, your storage volumes are not tied to physical resources. So all, all different kinds of applications can use it, right? Your critical apps are very busy during the day. VDI is only busy during certain parts of the time. So you could put these things on the same array, keeps things simple and kept it performant when you needed it. Do you have folks that have aha moments, right? When you get an array installed and, and they've been experiencing those issues and all of a sudden it goes in and, and these things just kind of, you know, not magically go away. We've designed for it, but they just go, oh my gosh, I didn't know this was possible. Well, I mean, like I've, I even personally had that aha moment. I remember um, when I started at Pure, um, I was tasked with creating the VMware best practices. Yeah. I figure out how to configure it right and that type of stuff. And I was ready to, all right, I need to start learning the array and figure out how it, how it works and how to configure it and how to do this, that, and the other thing. Like 35 minutes later, I knew everything there was to know about the flash array, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know what to do. Like, what, what's my job going to be? Yeah, like, what I else? <laughs> what, what can I possibly do? And it's that, that whole trajectory I see our customers, or especially our new customers, follow too. They're like, okay. I don't need to spend time thinking about how to provision lens, but maybe I can figure out how to automate that or yeah, improve that sure. process. And so my career has followed that trajectory of, oh, it's learning APIs, learning how to in in integrate this with that, learning how focus more on how VMware works or the application works, because I know the storage is it's good, it's ready for me, I can use it. If it's easier to use, it's also easier to automate, right? And so we've seen not just my own career go that way, but also our customers, right? And they, they see that and they get it and they're like, all right, and like, I'll write a little script. Well, that was easy. Maybe I can make it a little better. And it's a very iterative process. But that first moment when they realize, wow, this is simple, uh, is is a, is a fun thing to watch. Yeah, it's truly putting in, you know, it's kind of that marketing thing of, oh, we make it easier so you can focus on strategic things or innovative projects. But I think we see that over and over again that people really can do, you know, automation and 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 uh, putting making things easier to run that are not just dealing with day to day things on the arrays because we've solved that. There really is an innovation aspect that goes with that. You really can spend time doing 
other things that add value. Absolutely. All right. There's so many things that I wanted to, we have not enough time and so many things that I wanted to um, cover with you. I've got my whole laundry list here um, that, that we've covered. Um, I want to hit, and we'll get back to Vivals because I know that's one that you're super, super passionate about. Um, talk about performance and, and we kind of did with response times, but what about uptime, right? And I think for virtualized environments and VDI, you know, things that we can do in flash ray with six nines of uptime, but what, what does the uptime deliver to the users? Well, I mean, uh, availability is, is, is obviously important. And especially as we start moving towards, and, and we are right. Everyone is moving towards using not just your private cloud, we're yeah. using the public cloud and understanding understanding what availability means and how it changes, right? And uh, on-premises, a lot of times that's it's it's short failures, but maybe more frequent. And then the public cloud is maybe less frequent, but longer, right? And so how to deal with those types of availability losses and what you can do from a storage layer and so forth is, is, is um, a little bit different than it used to be, right? And so having really good availability on-premises is, 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 is something that we've focused on big time, right? Because you can't be an enterprise storage solution with high, without high availability. Not so, at all. So creating things like active vector replication, right? So you can su survive site failures, uh, power losses, whatever, and still have your applications run is important. But making that simple to set up um, is even more important. So that's really been our focus too, is inter introducing our active cluster, what we call replication a couple right. of years back, uh, and making it easy to use. And the fact that we don't charge for it, like we don't license our features, we have more customers using it and, in, and providing higher availability for their environments without having to pay for all that additional overhead that that often came with. To what degree did we need to do any integration around VMware? You know, I know we run things like Oracle, we do SAP HANA, yeah. and you can just you know run run synchronous replication. It doesn't matter. VMware different or about the same? I mean, it just it's it's at the storage layer, or was there anything special that you guys had to do there? Yeah, so I mean, like there's there's a. a, a I don't know what you want to call it, a solution or, or a architecture called VMSC, right? A virtual metro storage cluster where essentially um, it's not a certification process. It's really more about how your active active replication works with vSphere high availability, okay. right? To automatically restart VMs and so forth in different failure scenarios. And uh, and that's something, you know, we put documentation together, we tested and we, uh, we've, we all, we, we've listed it on VMware's kind of partner verified and supported program, right? Saying this works, this is how it's done. And so th that's the primary use case around active cluster and VMware environments is that VMSC, right? You have servers in two different failure zones or, or failure domains, whether that be different racks, right? Which some of our customers see um, or different data centers or different cities, right? You have hosts in both sides, you have an array in both those failure domains. And so if hosts fail, if arrays fail, your VMs can be automatically restarted based on whatever survives from that failure, yeah, giving you really yeah. high resiliency. And, and the, once the interesting thing about it being simple and free from a software perspective, right? That's obviously a capacity hit, right? You sure. have to put it on yeah. two arrays. Right. We see customers doing it across racks, right? Like, hey, I'll give my, my, my more important VMs even more availability across these VMs, across these uh, racks by stretching my active cluster volumes across both of them and protecting them. The other implementation is, is Site Recovery Manager, yeah. right? which is um, VMware's disaster recovery tool. It traditionally would orchestrate the failing over of your virtual machines um, from one data center to another, leveraging your replication, right? And that was generally active-passive. Uh, VMware does support active-active replication with that. And so the main use case around that is SRM is not coordinating anything on the storage layer because the storage is already there on both sides. It's actually coordinating cross-vCenter or cross-site vMotions to non-disruptively move your VMs to that other side. And so it has uh, non-disruptive disaster avoidance workflows inside of it. With that being said, vast majority of our implementations 
use VMSC, right? Okay. Stretch storage clusters uh, with active cluster and, and, and stretched uh, compute clusters. Um, and the main difference too is that VMSC is a automatic process, right? It automatically responds to failures and so forth. SRM is an automated process, right? Someone's got to go and click the big red button, fail over, move my VMs and so forth, right? And so that's the kind of strategic difference between those two. But different use cases, right? If somebody chose, you know, one versus the other, there might be a different operating model that, that, you know, meets the need. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I've even seen both be implemented. One of the big things we see around SRM is that um, we'll have customers that say, hey, you know, um, I need this to all be automated and testable. And that's one of the things that SRM really helps is that you can really test your workflows quite well. Um, but we need, even if our entire ID department, IT department is incapacitated, right, because of whatever failure occurred, I need someone that knows almost nothing about it to be able to go and click one button. Just hit the red button and, and move go. everything yeah. over. If yeah. my CEO is the last person left, right, right. right I need that just log into this and click this button. It'll bring even everything back up. Even they can do that. Right. right. And that's, a, that's, that's the goal around SRM. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit to um, complexity, right, in operations, kind of high umbrella topic. We had Stan on um, a few weeks, uh, six weeks ago or so to talk VM analytics, and obviously there's a there's a big relationship there. But we get into looking at these big real estates of, you know, virtual machines and VMs. Um, visibility and what's connected, I think, gets gets really challenging. We had a great discussion, but I was looking to get maybe your insights on on VM analytics and and where you see that right playing in all this. So there's there's a couple parts to uh, simplicity and what we're doing around VM, right? So the the first thing I want to at least say around simplicity is that it means a couple different things, right? It means simplicity of setup, mm-hmm. but also the the simpler it is to configure. And I kind of referenced this earlier, the simpler it is to automate. Right, the simpler it's less likely to make mistakes if there's a lot less things to do wrong. Yeah. Right, uh, and so I had this conversation quite a bit with customers, especially new customers and people that had traditional kind of storage admin roles. It's just like, um, if it's so simple, what am I going to be doing? It's like, well, you know, if it's simple to to do, it's simpler to automate, and you can turn yourself into that role. And that's what we've seen a lot of our storage admins become is. Um, they've become more than just someone that connects LUNs. They're architects, right? Yeah. They're automation architects. They're enabling their end users, their customers, right, to be able to service what they're offering up, right? And, and like, it's like um, people that are scared of automation, it's like no one automates themselves out of a job, right? And that's a key part. So you want to be involved in that. And it wouldn't be nicer if what you're trying to automate is simpler, right? right? It's right. easier to kind of get into that. And so, And then simplicity isn't just about... Um, configuration. It's also about like best practices and recommendations and so forth. And the way I see the solutions architect's job, right? The way I look at view, uh, best practices is a best practices document is basically a list of workarounds, right? Here's 14 reasons why our product doesn't work with their product out of the box, right? <laughs> and and so my goal as a solutions <laughs> architect, right, is to get rid of those things. Right. What can yeah. we do? to not require people to have to change that, right? Um, can we build something into purity, right, to make that tune, tunable or parameter in VMware not needed anymore? Can we work with VMware to make sure that the defaults inside of ESX make more sense for our platform, right? Or are there things that we can build automation around so people don't have to think about it? Because especially these days, we're seeing more and more customers have these deployable or automated solutions, mm-hmm. right? Where ESX is being pre- automatically installed and, and, and vCenter and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so the less things you have to tweak and change, the better and the simpler. And, the, and so that's going to become more and more and more important where people don't have to think about, oh, 
I'm adding this array and that array in this environment, so I got to do this differently. Yeah, and that's, and yeah. that's what we really don't want to see. And so that's been a big goal of mine as in general here at Pure is to reduce that best practices documentation to just say, you know, give your, your flash array an IP address. What's the, what's the relationship like with VMware? Obviously, you're tight there. Who do you work with? What's, what's their relationship or attitude towards working with Pure? It certainly sounds like there's a lot of things that we've innovated on that makes their product, their service run better. So I would think that there's some affinity. I mean, and again, they're going to be you know, neutral in Switzerland and all mm -hmm. that because they work with, with tons of different vendors. Yep. But it would seem like there's some interesting advantages and in things we do that would make them want to work with us. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a really good question. And it's like one I get all the time. I um, you right. know, um, well, you know, VMware, they're kind of under the Dell EMC umbrella. What is that? How does that affect relationship and whatnot? And VMware's always always been fairly agnostic. They've always done a, a pretty good job about it, but there was some concern around that the whole Dell acquisition that that might change. Uh, and, and when it comes down to, we have not seen them, right? VMware has been done, a, a, has done a fantastic job on engaging with us from not only a product management perspective, but also engineering to engineering. Um, and, and we found a ways to help that too, right? I mean, getting involved in their products, going to VMware present on a, being seen as experts in the VMware space makes them reach out to us on a lot of these things, right? Talking about VVols, the vRealize suite, Site Recovery Manager, um, being vocal and part of the VMware community really has helped push our relationship forward. And also, frankly, one of the things we found is we've been shipping flash arrays to VMware like crazy, right? You know, engineers <laughs> yeah. love to yeah. have yeah. hardware, right? right? And having actual hardware, we've been sh sending them like crazy to their team so they can be, not only have something to develop against, but uh, we also get day minus, a hundred testing, right, yeah. on new releases and features because of that. And that's really helped our engineering relationship too. Super cool. Yeah, actually very coincidental. I'm getting ready to line up one of the VMware architects who has one of our arrays who's testing out VVols with Oracle, which is a great segue for you to go into, you know, topic I know you're very passionate about around virtual volumes. For the less initiated or, or folks with less exposure, why don't you describe um, virtual volumes, VVOLs, you know, what they are and then what they can f facilitate. All right, how much, how much time? I know, yeah, yeah. we've only, uh, <laughs> let's see, you got another You got another hour you want to go into this? <laughs> so VVOLs is, um, it's something that's obviously, as, as you mentioned, fairly near and dear to my heart. Um, and it's something I've been, involved in to some level for eight years or something like that. Now, it's only been released by VMware for a couple of years, but you know, if I want to quickly answer what is VVOLS, what, what value does it yeah. provide me as, as, a, as an end user, there was a, a traditional problem around block storage arrays in, in VMware. And we, we talked about this already a little bit, is that block arrays were built for physical servers. Right, they were built with the application in mind. Right here, I have a volume that's on, or a disk, or a device, or whatever your array calls it, um, for my C drive. I have another one for my E drive, and that E drive has my SQL database on it, and I want to be able to refresh that, snapshot it, replicate it. Right, and that's what the arrays were built to do. Well, along came VMFS, and now that volume, that LUN, that disk, that device you present to VMware is now formatted with one big data store, one big file system with however many VMs on it. And with that whole thing I mentioned earlier with VAI, that just got bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah expanding. And that problem got worse, not better. And so it really hamstrung the underlying array, right? The features that the arrays were offering weren't really usable directly by the end user. Um, if you wanted to, we have these great snapshots, right? We can create yeah. them instantly, yeah. we can restore from them instantly, really cool, really great. But then you go into the VMware world, like, well, I can take a snapshot of this data store, but I can't restore it from that snapshot because I have 
you know, 99 of the 100 VMs on there, I don't want to change. Right. I just want to change this one or just one virtual disk from that VM. And so I have to take that copy, got to present it up, I got to resignature it, move it over. It's a whole thing. And so the storage and VMware game, the integration game from the vendors kind of turned into this craziness where my integration, my VMware integration is better than your VMware integration because I have 17 plugins. So, oh, well, my integration is better than your <laughs> integration because I have 22 plugins. It's right? the plugin battle. The yeah, plugin yeah, battle. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, and it became like a strategic part of deals. Like, do you have a plugin with this VMware product that does this exact feature? They can't move forward without. It's like, this is a $10 million deal and they're, they're concerned about one little thing. that we yeah. could, You know, it's, it got really kind of strange. And um, it, it just, it got hold, hard to maintain, right? It's, VMware introduced a new product or made a new acquisition. Well, here's a new certification program. And well, we have a new feature on our array. So we got to update this plug. And well, we got to recertify it then because it changed. And, and it, it's turned into this crazy, crazy, crazy game. And so VMware decided we need to solve this, right? And this is what I think is really cool about what VMware did with the vVault program is that yeah. they could have not done this, right? They could have just kept with VMFS and just introduced vSAN. And they have this great, cool, tight integration with VMware. But then all their other storage vendors like this. They have to deal with these problems. Yeah, sorry. But they're like, no, this is this is not what we want to do, right? We want to make our platform open to our storage partners because they realize that storage partners are a big part of what they've done in the past. Yeah. And so at a very high level, what VVols is, it's a essentially a well-orchestrated system of RDMs, right? I mean, it sounds ugly, but it actually isn't. They've removed the VMFS layer. They've uh, removed that abstraction. So okay. when you go and click on a VM and say new virtual disk, automatically goes to the array, creates a volume, presents it right up to that virtual machine. If you resize it, it resize. If you snapshot it, it snapshots it on the array, right? And so this, this granularity problem is gone, right? Because the volumes on your array, your LUNs, whatever you want to call them, are now exactly that. They're a volume presented to a VM, an E drive, a C drive. And so I can go to my array, I can snapshot the my E. I can restore back to my E because there's no more VMware file system on top of yeah. your abstract. You don't have to layer. deal with the 99 of 100 that are that are still there. Exactly. Right? Yeah. This, is, this yeah. is the reason that we saw uh, DBAs still refuse to virtualize. It's not really the performance reason. That is generally gone these days. It's about, hey, I have a little shell script that I run inside of my, my Linux machine that does a pure vol copy that restores my database volume from a snapshot. And I can do it instantly, and it works great. If I move to VMware, I can't do that anymore. i got to talk to VMware with this resignaturing and rescanning and all this craziness. I don't want to do it. And or they'll tell the, the VMware admin, fine, but I need to use RDMs. And the yeah. VMware team's like, well, forget about no. it. Yeah. VVols gives the best of both worlds, right? VVols go through the vSCSI layer. You can do the snapshotting, the vMotion, the storage vMotion, all the cool stuff from VMware. But that, that DBA can still run that exact same script to restore from a snapshot, right? Because those volumes are granular. It's a proprietary management layer, but the data path is all industry T10 standards, okay. right? Uh, and that's a really, really important part about it. And so that solved the granularity thing, but also solves the integration problem. Because a lot of the problems with these traditional plugins and management packs and whatever you want to call them is that they specifically integrated this array or this whatever part of your infrastructure with this VMware product. They're just one-offs. One-offs, right? Effectively, right? Yeah. And they generally yeah. in integrated with their UIs, right? Mm -hmm. Even the vCenter plugins didn't integrate with vCenter. Mm -hmm. They integrated with the vSphere client. Right? So if you're using something else to manage your VMware environment, your vCenter, your vSphere, whatever, it didn't, it couldn't use that plugin. And that's what vVols does. It actually integrates with the intelligence of vCenter, with vSphere, with ESX. And so what uses vSphere, what uses ESX, what uses vCenter? 
every VMware product. Yes. Right. And so everything gets that integration. It's okay. a single point of integration, which is also strategically really important part of Evolve's. And I think it's very interesting because kind of been looking over the last couple of years and those DBAs that you've talked about who previously would run production in bare metal and virtualized non-prod, now that's starting to shift, yep. right? Now you're starting to see more just pervasive, you know, virtualized database environments regardless, right, of what it is. Yeah, it's 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 funny, you know, um, and I think this is kind of what weirdly people got wrong early on with Vvolves mm -hmm. is, is people focused a lot on storage policy-based management, which, yeah, is, yeah. which is cool and yeah, it's great it's and fun. very useful. And I think it's going to become more and more important as, as we move forward. Um, but a lot of the marketing got caught up in, in that type of stuff. But you know what I've been seeing that our customers really love about Vvols is they can use their array-based snapshots in yeah. really cool ways. And, right. and, and like these little simple but, but really basic things are really important. That's how I sold it internally here at Pure. I, I said to the engineers, hey, you know these snapshot things you're building? Our customers can't use it that way. Yeah, and they right? won't use them that way. And they, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it caused a problem. And they recognize that, engineering our product management. And that's why we've we've dived headfirst into it in the past that's awesome. years. Well, great description. That helped me, too, because <laughs> I've watched a number. I think it was one of the first videos I watched when I came here was you doing one of those lightboard things explaining virtual, virtual volumes. But you, uh, you did it in a great way there. And something that we're going to be talking about coming up at VMworld, which is very, we're recording this in early August. So if you're listening to this after VMworld, go and check out, you know, the videos and the sessions that are available. But uh, VMworld will be running the 25th to 28th of August. And I know you'll be there and probably way too busy uh, meeting with folks and, and delivering sessions. What, what are the highlights? We've got six speaking slots. We've got a booth. Uh, we're probably doing some partner alliance things in, in you know, other booths. Yeah, there's 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 a whole ton of stuff going on, right? <clears throat> of course, we're going to be talking about VVOLs, right? Yep. That 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 process has not slowed nor stopped, and VMware is actually doubling down on it. So one of the one of the exciting sessions that um, I know people have been waiting a long time for, and I certainly have, is is a session I'm co-presenting with on VMware with Site Recovery Manager and cool. VVOL integration. All right, right. So that's going to be a pretty cool technical preview session. So definitely check that one out. I'll be doing my annual VVOL deep dive, um, a little, little bit more of a focus this time around on use cases okay. um, at VMworld. So uh, they recently gave me a larger room, so there's some slots opened up. So Is that so, one that's always pretty pretty overly subscribed? Yeah, usually yeah. usually is filled up the past couple of years, and this time they gave me a bigger room earlier on. So, Excellent. Um, and even if you do see the wait list, add on, because then they'll give a bigger room, right? Cool. So don't, cool. don't give up on it. That's but the way to make it work. Last yeah. I checked, there's still some slots. Okay, awesome. Um, and, I, you know, a key part about this is just really showing our work that we're doing with VMware and how close we are with their engineers, their architects, and, and PM. And, that, and that's a session I'm doing with our product management. Cool. So we'll be doing, uh, or rather, I'll also be doing a session on um, core storage best practices um, with Jason Masai from, from VMware, who's their technical marketing architect, around external storage. We'll be talking about, you know, how you should be configuring your storage, what what's matters, what's what's important, how you should be looking at storage in your, your VMware set. Now, that session's already got a few hundred people, but we have some more room. They gave us a really nice big room. Uh, so check that one out, A few too. hundred is pretty big, just yeah. in general, right? I mean, those are well-attended. Although, no, you have a great following out on Twitter and you know, LinkedIn, that you're very active publishing a lot of different things in this space. Yeah, it's it's a, it's usually a heavily attended session because I think people like the, you know, the best practice deep dive totally. sessions, right? Totally. So it always fills up pretty good. And we have, we have some fun with it. So so definitely check that one out. When you get roles attending there that actually are interested and care about the, the data management layer as well. Yeah. And and even if you're not a pure storage customer, right? This is right. a storage agnostic session mm -hmm. from VMware and I'm helping out, right? That's great. We do, you can check out our older sessions from past years. We do keep it agnostic. So you do not have to be a pure customer. 
uh, to get value out of this session. I saw there's a session that, you, that that's being done around Kubernetes and, and containers as well. Is that a new area for us? Yeah, in that uh, space. My uh, good friend and, and colleague John Owings is doing a session on on PKS and Pure and what we're doing because um, Kubernetes is is growing, right? It if you is. look at the number of Hugely. sessions at VMworld. Yeah. It's mentioned in quite a bit of them, right? And so right. we we're, we want to make sure that people understand that we're involved in in that uh, community and that we're doing some cool work there too. It's awesome. Hey, um, fantastic! Anything final that you want to close on? Just about what Pierre's doing with VMware? You've covered it really extensively, and I could have had you on for another hour, I'm sure. Which means we probably need to get you back and do a deeper dive in a couple of these areas. But any any closing thoughts? Yeah, a couple. Uh, so NVMe Fabrics, right? We released yep. our support for that uh, six months ago or yeah, whatnot, yeah. and VMware's marching towards that target. So Very cool. There's some sessions there, and we'll also have, of course, demos in our booth on, on some of the pre-release stuff there, technical previews. Furthermore, we're also doing some work around VMware Cloud Automation Services, right? This is kind of their hosted vRealize stuff. Uh, my team's actually doing a hackathon next week to build some cool integration around Cloud Block Store, which is our offering in AWS around around purity uh, to see what we can do there. Uh, so that should be fun. And so I don't even know what we're going to show yet. No, around no, that. but There's we'll some, find out. We'll find cool out soon right? enough. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and of course, updates around the vRealize suite and, and everything else. So there's uh, stop by the booth for a whole boatload of demos. And of course, our HTML vSphere uh, a client plugin too. Well, that's GA and release now, but we'll, we'll have it there in case you want to check it out. Awesome. So much good stuff. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it's it. Fun. It's been a long time in coming <laughs> and uh, it was a blast to have you on here and we'll get you on again soon. Maybe post VMworld just to uh, capture everything that's going on there or uh, accelerate where I'm sure we're doing many, many more things around VMware solutions. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're not spilling all the beans at VMware. Okay, so good. So we're saving def- some things for ourselves. Exactly. Right. Certainly there'll be a lot of cool stuff around Accelerate. Um, so I, I, I would love to come back and talk around then. Awesome. Let's do it. That'd be great. Thanks, Cody. Blast Thank to have you. And as always, thanks everybody for listening and for subscribing and telling colleagues, we will uh, keep fantastic guests like Cody coming um, as long as you keep telling friends uh, to listen. For more information, go to purestorage.com slash private cloud. And that's probably the best starting place where you'll find out more about our VMware solutions and virtualization and VDI solutions in general. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap. Uh, For Pure Storage and Cody Hosterman, this is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back, something might be gaining on you.